0: Good morning. (laughs) That's better, right? I have just two announcements to make. One is that at 2 o'clock, if you would like to help with the Foundation Sunday School class, delivered Thanksgiving baskets uh, to the needy, that's at 2 o'clock if you meet here at the church. Also, as of course we welcome Reverend Lee to lead us today in our sermon and our commitment time, but if you will look in your bulletin, there should be a card. It looks like this. It's about the commitment time. Just so you will know what to do at that time. It'll, and, of course, Reverend Lee will repeat this. But there's a place for you to fill out your pledge and your name. And then at the proper time, after Reverend Lee will lead you. And then you will just come up and lay them on the chancel rail so they can be consecrated to God and to... Holy Church. All right, let us begin our worship. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Eternal God, in your providence you made all ages a preparation for the kingdom of your Son. Make ready our hearts for the brightness of your glory and the fullness of your blessing. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. and let our children come forward now for the children's time.
1: morning. Y'all having a good morning so far? It's going to be a good day, isn't it? Going to get to eat some good lunch. Yeah, y'all looking forward to that? Okay, well, we're actually having that special lunch today for two reasons. This is our, we've been doing this for years, where we have our, our Thanksgiving dinner together, okay? So when I was at school this past week, I asked my um, students, you know, my little kids, the little younger ones, you know, would tell me what you're thankful for. And, and I got lots of answers. Lots of different answers. What are some answers you think I got? Family, I got that one a lot. Friends, I got that one a lot. Got a lot of toys, a lot of to- different toys, pets. I had one student say I was thank- he was thankful for God. I was really impressed with that one, really impressed for, for a five-year-old. And I had one student say he was thankful for our school, and I wasn't sure about that one. I didn't know if he really meant it or he just thought it sounded good, but that was a good one, wasn't it? You know what I didn't hear? That anybody was thankful for their church. Look at our church. Look at all the people. Do you see your mom and dad out there, or your family out there? Okay. Did you know that everybody out there is part of your family? They're your church family. They're the people that are going to pray for you and think about you and support you when you need help. So everybody out there is part of your church family. It's a lot of people, isn't it? Would your mama want to cook Thanksgiving dinner for all those people? <laughs> I don't think I could. Um, but anyway, so look at our church and think about what we can't even see. We have the gym, right? We have the Sunday school rooms. We have a library that you get to go to every month. I mean, think about, we have, I love the big field over there beside the parking lot. I love that field because it's so flat. I don't have a flat yard, so I love that flat field where y'all can hunt for Easter eggs and play games. We have a great church, don't we? Did you know that there are people in other parts of the world that can't go to a church like ours? You did know that? Did anybody else know that? You knew that? And if they tried to go to a church like ours, do you know that they could be arrested and put in jail for it? That's sad, isn't it? We're really, really blessed. We're blessed that we live here so that we can go to whatever church we want to, right? And we're even more blessed because we come to this church. This is a great church, isn't it? Think about Miss Katie, y'all love Miss Katie, don't you? Think about all the things Miss Katie does with you and Miss Cindy, right, and your Sunday school teachers. This is a great church. So we're really, really blessed. So should we be thankful for our church this week? Yeah, we should be. So when you're thinking about all the things this week, you know, when when your teacher asks you tomorrow and Tuesday, what are you thankful for? You don't have to say it. But think it, I'm really thankful for my church, thankful for my church family, all those people that are gonna look out for me, all those people that are gonna pray for me and my family when we're having a hard time, okay? Well now today, we're having our, sort of our Thanksgiving dinner, but we sort of tied it in with our consecration Sunday. That's a big word, isn't it? It's a fancy word, fancy word, you know what it means? It's today we're gonna think about What are we gonna do to make our church better? It's a fancy word that just means what are we gonna do to help our church? Are there things that you can do to help our church? Can you come to the things that Miss Katie and Miss Cindy has? Can you come to Sunday school and and preaching whether you come here or the nine o'clock service? Can you do that? Can you invite your friends to church? Would all of those things be helping our church? What about if you put a quarter or a nickel or even a penny in the offering plate? Would that help our church? Yeah, all that stuff would help our church. So today, specifically, we're thinking about what can we do to make our church better? So we're all thankful for our church, because it's a great church. But do you think our church could get better? Everything can get better, right? Everything. I mean, it's like even if you make a 99 on your math test, your mom goes, that's great. But you could have made 100, couldn't you? so it could have gotten better right? Okay, so our church is great but it could get better couldn't it? Okay, so today is the day when as a church family, all those people out there, we're thinking about what can we do to make our church better? Okay, so today instead of thinking of what can our church do for us, we're thinking about what can we do for our church, right? Right? Okay. So think about that today. Think about that this week. Think about how great our church is. Think about how lucky and blessed we are. And think about, well, what can I do? Can I invite my friends? Maybe when I get my allowance, can I take a little bit of my allowance and put it in the offering plate to help the church? That's hard to do, isn't it? I know. (laughs) It is. Okay, so let's think about that this week, okay? All right, let's end with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful church that we're a part of. Thank you for our church family, for the buildings and the grounds and the workers who all help our church be a great place. But Lord, this week, help us to think about what we can do to make our church better and stronger. Amen.
0: Just as Mary Lee said, I want to thank my family this week for all the prayers and the cards and kindnesses uh, that you have expressed to us as Brenda underwent her surgery. And I've asked you to continue prayers for her as she goes through her recovery. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh, Lord, in your mercy... Hear the prayers of these my people. Blessed are you, O Lord. You have visited us, you have redeemed us, and your presence is always with us. You have conquered death and showed us the way to life. We come this day and we do sing of our thanksgiving our many, many blessings that we have as people and as part of your kingdom. And yet we must confess when we humbly come before you that there's oftentimes our stubbornness gets in our way. We say we follow Christ, but we fracture. We are torn apart uh, by issues. We close our minds and We deny the faith to those who would be our brothers and sisters. This is foolishness, and we know it, and we ask forgiveness, O Lord. We pray that this day that you will help us once again to see how we're one in the faith, how we're one under you as the disciples of of you, you, O Lord. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, O God, we pray that you will help our church. Uh, Help us all as individuals and collectively to be all that you'd have us to be. And grant that we might honor you with new purpose, that we might honor you with proclaiming grace to all that we meet. Help us this day, O Lord, this day in which we exalt you and and we offer our thanksgiving. We also know, O Lord, this day that there are many who are printed in our prayer bulletin. Uh, There are many on our hearts, Uh, there are many in our minds that need prayer. And so we lift them all up. We lift them up for you, and we ask that you look with mercy on all those who might be in pain or whether it be their bodies or their mind or their spirits, and that you'd give light to all who might sit in darkness this day. And, Lord, we pray for all these individually and collectively. And we pray in the silence of our hearts now. Oh, God, remember all of these. And may your righteousness and justice prevail in this and all things. Let us accept your good and perfect will as we pray in the name of Christ who is our King. As he taught us to pray, saying these words. Now, we do believe that giving is part of worship, and not only uh, is, is it part of worship, but it's especially part of this worship as we, as we pledge our tithes and our offerings. Uh, but let us receive this day's offering. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
2: Reach
3: I don't know if it's me or you uh, uh, over here. (laughs) Rather than after the sermon, let me again just go over our commitment part later in the service and do that now. Following the sermon, after I'm seated, um, we'll invite you to just come when you're ready. If you've already prepared your card, you can come on if you need some moments to do that then that's fine, too. I uh, will not be preaching specifically on the words I'm about to read from the Scripture, but these verses provide a good foundation for today's message. I'm reading in 2 Corinthians. This is in chapter 9 verses 6 through 8. Hear these words of the Apostle Paul. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today is Consecration Sunday, so we turn our thoughts to stewardship. The Christian understanding of stewardship is very simple, but it's also very radical. A steward is someone who manages or administers something that belongs to somebody else. Christian teaching is that everything belongs to God. God is the creator. We humans are managers of what God has entrusted to us and we are expected to be faithful managers. When we hear the word stewardship in the church we usually think money don't we but the christian understanding is that we have a responsibility to be good stewards of many things good stewards of our abilities stewards of our talents wise managers of our time good stewards of our bodies, stewards of our financial resources, stewards of the earth, the soil, the air, the water. So stewardship is an all-inclusive term that covers all parts of life. Today our emphasis is on just one aspect of that stewardship and that's money. On a few occasions, I have heard people say that they are uncomfortable when the subject of money comes up in a sermon. Uh, That discomfort reminds me of one of my favorite uh, humorous anecdotes. If you will, picture a church where the parishioners sometimes speak up during the worship service, you know, with an amen or something like that. Well, on Sunday in such a church, the minister was preaching rather passionately about the church moving forward in mission and in ministry. And the preacher said, let the church walk. And one gentleman, Mr. Smith, spoke up and said, amen, let it walk. And the preacher then said with some fervor, let the church run. And with equal fervor, Mr. Smith spoke up and said, Yes, let it run. And then with even more excitement, the pastor said, Let the church fly. And Mr. Smith almost shouted, Amen, let it fly. And the preacher then said, Now it's going to take money to let the church fly. And Mr. Smith said, Let it walk. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Smith was uncomfortable with the subject of money. I trust that that's not the case with us. I believe we want to be good stewards. I believe we want to find a balance of enjoying earthly pleasures as well as living faithfully for Christ god intends for us to enjoy pleasures there is plenty of evidence in the scriptures that jesus enjoyed things like eating and drinking with friends at the same time jesus called his disciples to live beyond themselves and he calls us to do the same thing we are called to use our resources To do God's will here on earth. Being wise stewards calls for living within the means of our income. What that income affords. And that can be hard, can't it? The consumer lifestyle of our society is a huge challenge for us who are Christians. It is easy to be swayed by advertising. Our wants can become so much bigger than our needs. For example, we may go into debt in order to go on a vacation. Or we may choose to buy too expensive a house, one that puts great pressure on our finances. And these and other decisions can put us in a situation in which we're unable to meet our obligations, let alone partner with God to do God's work. So a worthy goal for our followers of Christ is to live within our means. We can enjoy the simple pleasures of life while at the same time helping to bring God's kingdom on earth. Since we want to be good stewards, it's appropriate to turn to the pages of the Bible for guidance. And the good news is that there is plenty of teaching to be found in the scriptures. Apparently, money played as big a role in society in the day of Jesus as it does in ours. We can draw that conclusion from the fact that in the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Jesus said more about money than about any other subject. There is much we can learn from being followers of Christ by reading and studying those passages. And since there are so many passages in scripture about finances, we should not be surprised if that subject comes up often in sermons. And I suggest to you that that is a good thing. It is so easy for us to be shaped by our culture when we need to be continually shaped by the teachings of Jesus. Of all the principles of giving that are found in the Bible I've chosen only two for us to think about this morning. The first principle is proportionate giving. We're taught to regularly give a portion of our income for the Lord's work. So what portion? How much? Well, we read in the Old Testament that the Israelites were commanded to give a tithe. That's 10% of their income. That was one of the laws, one of the commandments, part of the covenant that God had with the Israelites. Let me read from Leviticus, one of the Old Testament books in chapter 28, and I quote, All tithes from the land, whether the seed from the ground or the fruit from the tree, are the Lord's. They are holy to the Lord. All tithes of herd and flock, every tenth one that passes under the shepherd's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. End of quote. So the Israelites were to give a tenth of their income from crops, from fruit trees, from herds, from flocks, whatever the source of their income. By the time of Jesus, in the New Testament period, the Jewish laws, including tithing, were still very important and had, in fact, become even more detailed. And as we read the words of Jesus recorded in the Gospels, those words reflect an approval of the Jewish laws regarding tithing. But Jesus took that subject of giving to a whole new level, to a whole new dimension teaching about the spirit of giving, not just some legalism. But that's a sermon for another day. The point for today is this. Across the centuries, Christian tradition has followed the Old Testament and New Testament teaching and emphasized faithfully returning to God a tenth of one's income. I'm sure you don't want a preacher who tells a lot of jokes, but I can't pass up the opportunity to tell one more. Um, It's about tithing. Uh, There were two very wealthy businessmen. They were flying alone in a small plane over the Pacific Ocean. They were going on a business trip when the plane developed engine problems and started to go down. They spotted a small island down in the ocean, so the one who was piloting tried to land safely near it, which he did, and the two men then swam ashore. One stayed on the beach, while the other one walked around this little island. And when he got back, he said, we're in trouble. There's not a soul on this island. There's no food anywhere. The first man said, now, I'm not worried. I earn $100,000 a week. The second man said, so what? You can't spend it on anything here. The first man responded, well, you see, I tithe. I give 10% of my income to the church and I know my church is going to come looking for me. (laughs) Where's Kevin? The finance committee wouldn't do anything like that, would they? (laughs) Tithing is the biblical standard. It's the goal for all of us. Someone has said after I pay all my bills I can't afford to tithe and that person is telling the truth. Few of us could afford to tithe with with what's left. Tithing is a matter of taking out the 10% first and then managing the rest of our income in a way that all the bills are paid. And for those who are not used to tithing, I would not normally recommend giving 10% all of a sudden. Start at 3% or 7% or some other percent and increase it until reaching a tithe or beyond. And I say beyond because some people give more than 10% through the church for the Lord's work. A tithe is never a cap or a ceiling. The second principle Of giving one that I will mention more briefly is the Christian is this Christian giving involves trust trust that God will bless those who give faithfully who sacrificially contribute to God's work let me read again some words from the scripture These are found in the Old Testament prophecy of Malachi. These are the words of the Lord found in verse 10 of chapter 3. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, so there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. Now that same message comes from the words of our Lord as well. We find it in Luke's Gospel. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. Well, the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Now does that mean if we contribute more, God will bless us more, physically with income? No, that's not what it means. It is clear from other teachings in the New Testament, that this is not what is meant. So unlike what a few television preachers may say, God does not promise us riches. God does not promise us prosperity in exchange for faithful giving. God's blessings are intangible. They are spiritual blessings. They are blessings that are priceless. Inner joy. Inner fulfillment. Inner peace. We are part of a great local church and a great congregation. We are part of a great denomination. Locally, we are worshiping, we're inviting people into our fellowship. We're providing Christian education for all ages. We're witnessing in the community. We're feeding the hungry to name just a few things. Then in union with other United Methodist congregations, we are preaching the gospel in other lands. We're starting schools, we're fighting malaria, we're digging wells in drought-stricken areas where clean water is needed. We are doing all of that and more. Just within the last few weeks, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, UMCOR for short, has responded to two tragedies. The Philippines hit by a typhoon and the Midwestern states struck by tornadoes. Through our contributions, we are there in those locations through UMCOR helping people who are in desperate need. No one does relief better than UMCOR. And we can be proud that we have a way of providing ministry in times of emergency. Whether at home or abroad. So we are part of a great church. A church that is doing much good and has the potential of doing even greater good. We're being asked today to decide how much we're going to contribute through the church for the ministry of our Lord. I invite you to do these two things. Give in proportion to your income And put your trust in God's promises. Amen. Let us now pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the ministries of this church. Thank you for all the faithful people who have come before us. By your spirit, lead us now to do our part to build your kingdom on earth.